welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to the 36th episode of the amazing, impactful, and uh, infamous Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your amazing co-host, Vincent Byrne. Amazing indeed. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm good, tired. It's uh, late here, but I'm happy to stick with it, you know, for the calls. You're burning the candle at both ends. I am. You are. Am. You are a rock star. And old people like my age should be long since gone to bed. There you go. <laughs> and today we had a couple of questions. Yeah. What were the? Give, give me the question. What's the question? <laughs> well, it's kind of bringing us back to the to the core of what we started talking about originally, um, which is the idea of being creators ourselves and um, one of them was um, what have you found is the biggest barrier to people creating what they want when they attempt to manifest for themselves and have you ever had a situation where when you were working with someone that they were trying to do this but they were doing it wrong but when you corrected them that things began to change as soon as you helped them uh, tweak their formula as it were or their practice in order to um doing what they should be doing to, to manifest properly so they were they were the two kind of popular ones these are very good questions so then i guess we could call this uh, episode are you manifesting walls instead of avenues what do you think of that yeah that's good am that's i good. poet yeah. or am i a poet you're a poet and you don't even know it. <laughs> you see, this is where we should start, I think. What I just said about myself was praising myself. I was praising myself. How much of that do you do on a daily basis? We well, have. I was going to say, your average person doesn't do much, if any. That's right. Because... Unless you're the president... Unless you're the person. Well, we're not going to go there. <laughs> we're not going to, but if, if we do just for a moment, it could stand to reason why and how maybe he got to be the president after all. Yeah. Because he believed it thoroughly. There was no doubt in his mind that he is the right choice. So... Mm. Stepping into straight into that kind of uh, question to answer it, I think the biggest hurdle here is belief. 
or the lack thereof. And okay. it's not a coincidence that this is what all religions, particularly Christianity, I mean, I'm not extremely familiar with uh, the rest, but um, as far as I know, people are encouraged to believe, believe in everything, believe in miracles, believe in whatever it is that they <clears throat> want to manifest. Uh, and that will be the vehicle through which they can get where they need to go. So why is belief important? And what is belief anyway? Belief, as, as from, the, from the perspective that I'm looking at, is creating a program, a massive program, that overrides any other program in your subconscious mind that says... Uh, that this is not doable, that this is not realistic, that this is not feasible. Belief is then creating a blanket program that overrides those kind of programs, um, which we have called limiting beliefs. So if my limiting beliefs are, oh, I'm too small, I'm too weak, I'm too insignificant, I'm too uh, stupid, I'm too inept, I'm whatever the case might be, to to get to manifest what it is that I can manifest, perhaps there is someone or something out there that can do it for me or that can help me do it, can influence me do it. So if I believe then strongly enough, powerfully enough, that there is another force that can do this for me, all of a sudden I'm laying the foundation for that something to show up. Now, when a stage hypnotist is putting people in a trance, what is he or she doing? It's manipulating, momentarily manipulating their belief systems and making, uh, warping and tweaking their belief systems to match what he wants to showcase in his performance. So if he wants to have people believe that there's birds flying all around them, you know, flying all around them and pooping on them or whatever, uh, then he can do that. And he can do that by making them believe that that's exactly what's happening, right? Okay. So how's he doing that? He is putting someone in a trance, which as we know, does what? It bypasses the critical factor of the conscious mind, which means that part of ourselves that is rational, that knows that, oh, you know, this is true, or this is false, this is reality, this is bullshit, that part of ourselves is bypassed. And when that part of ourselves is bypassed, then we step into Alice in Wonderland territory, <clears throat> which means... Anything is possible, which means whatever magic beans I throw on the ground, they start growing instantly. And there is nothing to question that. There is nothing within us to dispute that. We accept it because it is so. And it is so because our subconscious mind says so. Hmm. So from this perspective immediately we know why 
someone is not manifesting what they want because they don't believe that it's possible or That's because right. they or because they still have negativity or let's say realistic uh, beliefs which suggests that it's not possible i mean is it is it a case of suppressing the negative with a powerful uh, belief in the positive because and then the negative doesn't get a look in or do you have to actually resolve the negative to the point that you um have to show it that actually it's not true do you have to go that far or do you just have to overpower it with the positive belief that it is true well let's just put it this way uh this is there is belief there either way right mm -hmm. the, the the in in the first situation there is belief that this is not doable this is impossible yeah so if we understand that we believe we have belief regardless of what the outcome is then it's easier to shift that belief from believing that uh, you know the we believe the voices that say oh you know that's not possible it's bullshit what's wrong with you to not believing those words so you get to then shift your perspective where your belief goes where you want it to go versus where you don't want it to go so that is the first step then there is also the case of what um, in magical terms is called lusting for results which means uh, that the more you want something the more you crave something the more you affirm to yourself that you don't have it the more that you affirm to yourself that you don't have that something, the more that something stays at an arm's reach away from you. It's, it's over there. And that's why you want it, right? Or as they say, the birds never think of flight. Why? Because flight is natural to them. You know, you don't, you don't have to wonder about whether or not you will find something to eat if you go to your fridge. Well, maybe your fridge. <laughs> you know, you you, <laughs> or, or like when you get up in the morning and you know, I mean, morning or night, or whatever time it is that you get up, thirsty. Uh, you you know you know that you're gonna go to the faucet or you know the fridge or wherever it is you get your water from, and find water. You know that. No, there's no possibility of not having water there so mm -hmm. so it's not this this is something that it is embedded within your belief system of course one might ask is that why i find water there because i believe it or do i find the water there because it's there <laughs> but and i mean that that's that is a logical question but a better question would be, what created that water being there in the first place? What created that house? What manifested the house that you live in? Or the apartment that you live in? That has that kind of luxury, because it is a luxury, if you think about it, right? 
what manifested that? What manifested that is the belief, general belief, that in our developed society, that's no big task. Right? Most, the vast majority of the people can have that. The vast majority of the people don't think that being a homeless is a natural thing. Being a homeless becomes the glitch, becomes the anomaly. But most people in the developing, developed rather, world know that sleeping in the bedroom in the cozy bed or being able to have a toilet in the house or being able to go to the faucet and get water to drink, drinkable water, that is a default. It's, it's a default, right? It's something that everyone should have. And most people, the vast majority of the people do have. So no one questions that. And the question would be, if people were not that sure that this is doable, if people were not that sure that this is a default, it's a fact, it's factual. No one grows up in this society thinking that there is a possibility for them to be homeless. So that comes about predominantly because we've, we've gotten used to it. So we accept it and we expect it because we've become familiar with it. It's, it's part of our norm. And therefore, we, we expect that when we go into the bathroom, turn on the tap, that water will come out, unless it doesn't. And that's, as you say, that's an anomaly. But we expect all of these things and we believe all of these things because we've just gotten used to it by repetition. That's right. So as a society, we have overcome uh, a hurdle that for many, many centuries was not the norm, right? I mean, in the ancient years, if you lived in a, in a house that had running water, that house would be called a palace. And of course, not all palaces had it, but some did. So do you see the belief of having something is prevailing in those cases. Like if I don't, I have to place myself emotionally in the position of knowing that this is something that is absolutely doable and when I do my, my work, you know, be it affirmations or visualizations or uh, whatever kind of similar work that I do in order to manifest stuff, I'm doing that work knowing that it is some sort of a maintenance technique, you know, much like brushing my teeth. Mm. You know, most people don't brush their teeth because they expect that, uh, you know, if they don't the following day, the teeth will fall out. No, it's, it's there. You know, it's it's there. So it's a it's a maintenance thing, which which means that I do my work, I do my exercise because I expect that it's now very doable and very achievable, realistic, that my body that has been shaped in the way that I want it to be will keep on being like that. All I have to do is just keep on maintaining it. It's maintenance. Well, I was, I was going to say, well, I mean, all that makes sense because they, what you're dealing with are kind of accepted norms in society. So kind of everybody knows whether they do it or not, what you need to do to either get into shape or maintain sh in shape. Everybody knows that you have this, um, 
you know, houses of running water and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's all come about because they've all been inculcated into the societal way of being, um, especially the richer societies. So therefore it's normal. So therefore we're not really having to make any shifts in our belief from something that we see and experience all around us and pretty much know it for certain that that's what it is. We're never really asked to make a leap to believe in something that we have no evidence that it's working and we have no, I suppose, conscious proof that it's uh, that we've been able to to manifest something. Um, so it's still a big it's a big leap of faith. Now, I know we can say people believe in their respective gods and all of that sort of stuff. But my own view on that is I believe that that's something that's been indoctrinated um, from zero all the way up to where they are now. And they either continue to believe it or they have rejected it. But essentially, there's been this repetition going on all the time, which has has um, has brought them to the belief that they currently have. So I think the big challenge for people in stepping into a belief around manifestation is the idea that they haven't been indoctrinated in it from early age up to where they are now. Um, and they also don't have proof that they're aware of around them to say that they have actually manifested this stuff and that they could manifest something different if they tried. I think that's, they're the kind of the barriers that I would see on a practical level too. And they're some of the challenges that I've had in trying to, to come to terms with and adopt the belief system that we talk about. Right. Now, when, when it comes to uh, religion, because you talked about them, they believe in their gods. Uh, but I would actually argue that they don't. Most people don't. They they fear their gods, but they don't believe in them. I mean, they don't believe in them in the way that they can ask them for something and know for a fact that that something has already been delivered to them. They already have it. Even though um, the, the religious doctrine your average religious doctrine will say that this is totally, you know, whatever you get, whatever you get that you want and, and you love and you expect comes from your God. Your God grants that to you. And so you should be grateful, blah, blah, blah. But most people don't believe. They don't have the faith. They have, just like you said, they're indoctrinated into accepting that they are uh, within the realms of a creation uh, that somehow they are a part of, but they don't know in what way they belong in there. They don't know their function. They don't think they're that important. And so they live their lives in fear of at least being able to survive or barely survive, and they'll be okay with that. You know, they don't want to just, you know, push their luck you know so if i put myself in an emotional state in which i will feel as if these are magical words as if 
I am there already, then everything starts shifting. So, and the, the, the point that makes everything go there is maintaining that belief, maintaining that, prolonging that belief. Like, you know, I, I can't believe that, but if I believe it for two days and then stop believing it, then, you know, perhaps it won't show up. It's just like, uh, you know, if you, if you plant a little, uh, whatever, seed in, in your, your garden and then sit there on top of it and look at it, you know, <laughs> and pour water is there. Well, come on, you know, what, what's wrong with you? Where are you? Come out. I'm hungry. So, I mean, it is kind of like that. That's exactly how it is. Most people uh, are manifesting or attempting to manifest in those terms. But, but at least taking the example of planting the seed, there is a, a fundamental understanding that um, the seed is going to grow, even if it's not going to grow as quickly as um, you, uh, you envisage or you want it to. There still is the understanding that it will grow because the evidence is there and you know we've been taught it and all that sort of stuff i think the challenge for people is that this manifestation process is such a nebulous process in against the backdrop of what the indoctrination has been and how we've been brought up both in terms of religious sense and in terms of you know almost like a newtonian um approach that a plus B equals C every time. Um, the idea that we, A, have the power to do this, and B, could actually create something as magical as you put it, is not something that people can get their heads around entirely. And even if you are, you know, you know um, a paid-up um, member of the, uh, the society that says, I, I am prepared to give it a chance, you're giving it a chance more than you being you're being uh, you're believing in it, and therefore, how do you cross over uh, to a place where you're giving it a chance, you're giving it a go, to a place where you're actually believing and believing in such a way that it actually is going to work? First of all, what you said about the the seed is not at all. A, a, a factual you know but you don't know if you plant the seed if that's going to grow no no but the indoctrination the teaching is all there so there's enough there to to show that you plant the seed in the ground okay they may not all grow but the chances are that most of them will and so it's kind of almost like an accepted thing and so people don't have to stretch very far to 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 get it and to buy into it. Something like this, they do because it's not something that is being portrayed on a uh, on a regular basis in the normal conversations that are taking place for people to actually get to a place that this <clears throat> isn't weird and odd, and that then how am I going to get to a place of actual belief? All right. So let's say that this is so. The people then know that it is actually quite possible to manifest a plant out of a seed. That's what you're saying, right? Mm. But there are steps to take to manifest a plant out of a seed, correct? Yeah. There are steps. I mean, you're not sitting 
on your couch watching Netflix and drinking beer and expect that a seed that you didn't plant and you didn't take care of is going to become a plant. Am I correct? Absolutely. Okay. So if that's the case, this is, even this is a really good place to start when it comes to testing your manifestation muscles. So what do, you, what do you do? Let's say that you do what you want to manifest, you do with as if you wanted to manifest the garden. And I'd say for most people expecting things that they don't think they deserve, like for example, you know, finding their soulmate uh, or at the very least someone that they don't hate, someone they can cohabitate <laughs> with. Or, you know, finding their a job that they would uh, not dread going to uh, or finding a way to make a million dollars or any of those things, right? And I would say that any of those things are comparable to uh, uh, planting a garden. And having a garden, I mean, not just planting the garden, but planting the garden and getting a garden. <laughs> mm, yeah. So wouldn't you say, because I, I think that most people, are they're not as diligent in planting their dreams uh, as they would be if they were planting a garden. True. Because a garden is not, you know, is, is not an easy thing to do, really. I mean, people know that they can manifest it. You know, of course, yeah, a garden is, yeah, I can do that if I wanted to put the effort in there. And if I wanted to, I can do that. Why is it that people then don't think that they can follow that pattern? Because it's a pattern they can use as a template. What do I do? What do I need to do? I mean, you know what you need to do to grow a garden. I mean, or, or at least you can find out. So there are steps. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get to acquiring a job that I like or that I love, then I have to, th there's got to be a correlation between what I have to do and, uh, and getting to that job, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. manifestation for most of us doesn't work by, you know, sitting there daydreaming and having it like fall on your head like a brick, you know, or like a, you know, those uh, pineapples, <laughs> you sit under a pineapple tree, you know what I mean? In whatever, Mexico. Uh, or, mm. <laughs> or the coconut. Fall coconut, right. Yeah. It's coconut. yeah. Uh, so... You know, for most people, manifestation doesn't happen like that, right? Maybe some people, maybe for some people. But I would still argue that. But it doesn't matter. The point is that, you know, if you know where you need to go, and by the way, most people don't. Most people, they just, they just, they amplify what they don't have. So they feel inadequate because, like, they look at the neighbor, oh, the neighbor has a Mercedes. Why don't I have a Mercedes? This sucks. This is bullshit. This is <laughs> inequality. I want a Mercedes too. What the fuck? I deserve a Mercedes. When they don't even know if they actually want a Mercedes. Really. We have deviated 
from connecting to ourselves so much that we don't even know what we want. And we're trying to find out what we want by what the system projects back to us. Hmm. So, and that's why advertising works so well. Because you, most people don't know what they want. And, you know, sit, they sit there and like, what do I want today? I wish I could want something. What do I want? And then you sit, you know, sit there watching your favorite show. And then, boom, what you want appears. And you look at it, oh, my God, I want that. So how do you get to what you want? Number one step, you need to know what you want. You need to know what you really want. What you really want. What do you really want? How do you find out what you really want? Right? Let's play a game. Let's play, let's play a game. We, we call that game, what do you really want, Vincent? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's play along there, please. All right, Vincent, what do you really want? I really want, um, yeah. So I really want to have my own um, place, which lets me have that garden and and to kind of create the environment that I want to create to bring clients to so that I can have almost like a retreat place. So yeah, it's that set in the country, live there, people come there, they learn, there's teaching out in nature, that kind of place. That's that's what I want. Why do I want it? I want it because it will allow me to kind of create the the final part of the jigsaw that I would see uh, for me in terms of putting the cherry on top of the happiness piece. Uh, I don't need it to be happy, but I just would like it and have my mind set on that, heart set on that. So you want, what you want is to be happy ultimately, is that what it is? <clears throat> well, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy as it is, but it, if I'm asking or in answering your question as to what I want, I suppose next, that's what I'm saying. I want to have this this place, this um, probably not dissimilar to what you have. <laughs> he says, yeah, no, it's it's a um, it's a great place to be, to live, to operate in the final third or whatever it is that's left in this life. All right, well, that made me sad. We we said whatever is left. <laughs> In this life, whoa, dude, you didn't have to go there. See, my dog is protesting now because okay, she heard you say that and she got upset. She's emotional as well. She is, of course. I mean, <laughs> she's a girl, right? <laughs> Look, so you're saying what you want is not dissimilar from what I have, which is awesome. I love that. Now, why don't you ask me? what I wanted in order to get to manifest this. Okay. So what, so what, what was the, I'll, I'll go back a bit. What was your, what situation were you in and what was it that you envisaged, visualized or decided that you wanted in order to create the place that you have now? All right. So I think this is actually a pretty good way to land this because it's a, it's a good example. Now, and I have to say before I, before I answer this question, 
it seems to me that uh, you're selling yourself short a little bit by claiming what you want because I don't I don't think this is all that you want. I don't think this is all that you want. Now, I was in a, a very uh, uncomfortable situation years ago and we talked about that a little bit. Sure. I was uh, I was living in some shitty old queen's apartment i didn't have any people to relate to i was broke and uh, my relationships were relationships and by the way i have i've coined that phrase so i should trademark it it sounds like you could be about to break into a country western song here now (laughs) (laughs) give it to willie nelson and he'll do it so I, it would stand to reason that if someone came to me and uh, started talking to me about the fact that, you know what, you could start visualizing and creating affirmations and acqu- start acquiring what it is that you want, right? And then I would be like, well, I want a nice house, nice big house in the country, with a bunch of property around, living in the woods, blah 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 blah. You know. By the way, uh, to, uh, to, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put a parenthesis there because I need to tell you that I pardoned one of my turkeys today. I had six turkeys. Five of them are with Jesus. Uh, God bless him. And uh, one of them was pardoned, and that one must have been doing her manifestation. <laughs> correctly Uh, and I tell you why because I would step into the area where they roam and uh, most of the chickens and the turkeys you know I would just walk towards them and and they go like oh my god yeah get the fuck away from me and they would run right there was one (laughs) turkey that I would stand there you know like putting water in the buckets or whatever and she would come over to me and sit down by my feet like a dog. And I, the first couple of times, I didn't pay much attention. Then I started realizing that this is the same bird that keeps doing that. Now, think about it. It's crazy because that was a certain death. It was decided. It was decided from the get-go that this bird, all of those turkeys would be gone. There was no part in my mind, there was no objection, there was no doubt whether or not any of the turkeys would survive. Do you understand? So this turkey managed to change my mind. I mean, how, like, I don't know if she kind of like started listening to Joe Vitale, you know, at night where I was uh, asleep. Did she get into my library? Even listen to the podcast. To the podcast, yes, you're right. <laughs> that makes that sense. The reason that that's that makes a lot of sense. So she became my friend. She was like, "I love you. Can I love you? I mean, I want to love you. And if you want to kill me after I've been loving you so hard, go ahead, kill me." You see, <laughs> this is almost like the. The instance that uh, we shared in another episode of uh, uh, 
this girl that had been abducted, right? And instead of fighting the abductees, <laughs> you know, calling names, crying, screaming, you know, kicking them when they got near to her, she started empathizing with them and started making them like meals and <laughs> cooking them breakfast. <laughs> And the guy ended up, she convinced the guy to turn himself in. I mean, magical, the highest order, my brother. So not only did I pardon the turkey, but I named her too. Her name is Henrietta. So does this begin to illustrate what I'm talking about here? So I'm going back then now to where I was in Queens and I was living a shitty life. And no one talked to me about manifestation. You know, I didn't, thank God, because I don't think I would have done it properly. <laughs> like if I watched the secret of Reddit back then, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, okay. I want, uh, what do I want? What do I want? Uh, I want uh, a souvlaki. <laughs> souvlaki. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't have. And what was that? Freedom. And after... I was experimenting with my art by reflecting, because remember, I was making the art as a means to magically inspire myself to get out of my depression. So as I was doing that, that reflection was, was telling me things. Um, it, it was revealing things to me about myself and about what it is that perhaps happened that put me in that hole, in that mental and emotional hole. So I realized that if there was one thing, one thing that someone, some outwardly force could grant me, a genie or a leprechaun, it would be freedom. I needed to be free. So that really resonated with me so deeply that it just opened up something inside of me. And then freedom, freedom became my mantra and it became my affirmation. Freedom was something that I could never forget about. You know, this isn't like when uh, you know you got to lose 20 pounds and creating a new year's resolution oh yeah i'll do it next week fuck it tonight we have turkey dinner <laughs> with gravy <laughs> right and cheesecake freedom however could not get away from me why because i was in prison like you go to any prisoner and give them the possibility of freeing themselves like you've watched these movies like Shawshank Redemption or like Escape from Alcatraz, or, you know what I mean? Which, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, those that are documented in real cases, they are, they are true stories. How did these people achieve? People that our society looks down upon. People that our society says that they are unredeemable. They have no redeeming qualities. How did those people manage to acquire that most important thing they needed and wanted? Because there was not a second of their existence that they were not working towards that. 
they were obsessed. They were obsessed about it. They were in love with it. Do you, when you're in love, you remember back to, you know, when you're a teenager and you you were in love with a girl or a guy or whatever it is you fall in love with, a turkey. Um, and I'm sure everyone can remember, you couldn't, you couldn't, but, you know, there's no way, like whatever you do, like you study math, <laughs> you know, going to a job, there was nothing that could keep you from constantly emotionally um, connecting yourself to that person and, and dreaming, daydreaming about being together, about being with them, right? So that's the same thing that happened to me when it comes to freedom. And what, do you think that the reason you were so obsessed and passionate about it was because you were you were in such a low and there was nothing else and that was the reason why it was possible to be so strong i suppose using the example of a of someone who's in prison and they have this unwavering belief or passion or obsession about getting out it's because they don't really have anything else um do you think that's what the main trigger was that's not true that they don't have anything else okay they have they don't have to work Someone's taking care of them. Unless they're in solitary confinement, uh, you can get used to that. A lot of people do. And as a matter of fact, case in point, in Sunshine Redemption, you had the character that uh, Morgan Freeman plays that has spent most of his life in that prison. That normalized that. To him, that was the normal way to live. He went outside... You would think that he'd be like jumping with joy. Oh my God, finally, you know, I'm free. No, he couldn't relate to that freedom because he was indoctrinated. And this is what happens to most people when they want to step away from their nine to five. Uh, They want to step away from average relationships and, you know, get to be with that person that makes their heart skip three bits, you know. But they don't really want that. See, this is, this is the trick of getting to manifestation land. What are you manifesting? Walls or avenues? The walls will keep you safe. Uh, the walls will keep you nurtured. But the walls will keep you enslaved. So you have what, what you want. It has to be considerably more attractive to you than where you are now. So uh, if you take the example of the teenage obsession, rather than it being about belief, it's more about desire and obsession coming from that. And that then leading to the idea that you're constantly thinking about the person and imagining being with them and all that sort of stuff. So it's not really a belief thing. It's more of a, you know, you're not getting them out of your mind. So is 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 that what leads to the belief? That That's where, if we're going to do this as part of a process, the equivalent of obsession and the equivalent of desire is obviously first knowing what you want, but on the second part then to start engaging in practices like visualization and affirmations which effectively heighten the desire 
and heighten the sense of what it is that you're trying to create, which in turn leads to, if you do it often enough, it leads to the same kind of belief that you would have had when you were brought up in a particular religion. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Uh, it, that, that can happen. Yes, of course. Because you have to have a certain amount of insanity within you to assume the belief without uh, having any evidence, right? Because that's what most mm. people want. They want evidence. But um, you can do that if the evidence you get uh, is consistently different from the evidence you have. And that is the obsession. In other words, if I know that today I have diligently worked, I, I have uh, dug a little bit into that wall and I know that I can see that. I can see the dust. I can see the part of the, of the wall caving in. Then I know that I'm getting there. See, and this is, I think, the most reliable way to create belief. Because you know, once you see results of the, the small steps, once you start seeing the results of the small steps, it is inevitable that you will, down the road, get to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because that's where you're going. There's no, I mean, you know, at this point, you can use Newtonian physics, you know, because you are taking... That you're walking the steps. This is a path. When someone goes on a, on a trail in the woods, they know they're going to come out of it. You know, they don't, they don't get into a labyrinth, right? Hopefully. <laughs> People know that if I follow this trail and I go where I'm supposed to go, eventually I'm going to get out on the other side. So when you say that belief is the biggest obstacle or lack of belief is the biggest obstacle, what does, that, what does that look like? Is it a case that people don't have the belief so they're therefore not prepared to take some action to start walking the path? Yes. Or is it that they will start to walk the path but they'll still be very skeptical? Are you saying that even if they're skeptical and they do start walking the path that that's actually still quite good because at least they're taking action and it's moving towards what they what they want if they're even if they're not completely let's say convinced or uh, certain of what the outcome might be the fact of being skeptical shouldn't affect the walking the path you see so it is not your job to question What's on the other end of that path? The moment you start knowing that this is a map, you're following a map. I mean, you know, if you start walking into a forest with a map, uh, you, you, it doesn't serve you to be like, oh, this map is bullshit. It's not going anywhere. And, you know, rip it apart and throw it away. No, you, you do have a plan. You have to have a plan. So once you pick, when you once you choose the plan, all that your concern should be is taking one step after the other according to the plan and knowing that you are not to question where this is going because you chose the plan. If you choose the plan, you stick with the plan, right? I mean, when you get married, the, the day you get married, 
Do you question? No, shit. Are you? Shit. What, what's going to happen if I divorce this one? I mean, you know, if, he, if anyone on their wedding day is thinking of the potentiality of divorce and then stepping out of the wedding, clearly they didn't belong there in the first place, right? Or as uh, one of my mentors told me when, uh, when I was in college, I asked him, I, I used to call him, I call him master because he was like a, a figure drawing teacher professor it's really awesome great sense of humor this guy so i asked him master what would joke yoda yoda what is it what's it like i mean a lot of artists are as we know temperamental they can't see themselves in long-lasting relationships so what was it like for you to be married how how are you handling that how come you don't like the rest of, or the majority of the artists? And he looked at me, he said to me, son, let me tell you something. From the first day I got married, I realized what happiness was all about. But it was too late. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully you don't like that person. Hopefully you know that the path that you've chosen is supposed to lead somewhere that is going to be a victory when you get there. So I was going to say, you're probably going to summarize up just, you know, if we're, if we're going to bring this around to, to a kind of a final uh, conclusion, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Think deeply of what it is that you want and make sure that that thing is that thing you really want. This will be the basis of your soul, your higher self, attracting it, bringing you closer to it, to that goal. So if someone asks you what you want, and then immediately after that, they asked you, would you die for that? Would you die for that purpose? Then, I know that sounds dramatic, but you know th that would give you perspective. When we want something, there, is many, there, there are many reasons why we may want that something, and uh, a significant chief of those reasons is conditioning. We see it around, we see other people having this, having that, why don't I have it? You know, we're children, we're like children in this way. Mm. So if we need to embrace our inner magician, in my opinion, what we need to do is soul search, go in there and find out if I had a purpose what would that purpose be? If I had a purpose that I had to dedicate my life to and not waver because there's no other choice for me, because that is that thing that makes me excited enough to not want to turn back because there will be nothing to turn back to. If we could find that place within us, then it's just a matter of time. You take that goal, that place that you need to be, that thing that you want, and you keep on putting energy onto that emotion, onto that thought. You keep on energizing it. And this is a seed that is growing inevitably to grow up to be a beautiful, healthy plant, tree 
and give you the fruits that you want. Manifesting, manifesting is easy, very easy when you let your conditioning take over because what you manifest is shit because that's what our conditioning is all about. As we've said many times, we're full of programs, mental and emotional viruses and that's why we get to manifest. So if anyone is looking for evidence that manifestation works, uh, they should look into whatever they hate about their lives because they manifested it. I don't know why people think that uh, the the shitty life is not manifest manifestation. Why why would it not be? I mean, who ma- who manifests the life that I have that I'm not happy with, that I'm miserable in? Who manifests that life? If I can manifest it, that life, I can manifest any life. All it takes is knowing what I want and drawing the plan and sticking to the plan. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be free of a lot of things, even everyday things. Like I grew up in apartments. I hated apartments and cities. You know, I couldn't listen to the music, you know, like crack the music, you get excited and someone bangs on the door. I mean, or the either the door or the or the ceiling or the floor, whatever the case may be. And ruins your moment, man. That sucks. I mean, these are these are not little things. These are big ass things for me. Oh my god, yes, of course. To not have anyone like I wanted to get a dog, and a landlord wouldn't allow that. I mean, what? How is that? Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? This is something. Take those things one after another after another, and see what they sum up to. To me, they summed up to freedom. Freedom means no one tells me what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And to me, that's beyond happiness. This is a miracle. This is just about happiness. This is about being a God, manifesting divinity, freedom. If you, if you didn't have the body, the meat suit, and could do anything, could travel anywhere, you know, go through walls, <laughs> right? What, what would that be? Wouldn't that be freedom? It's the ultimate freedom. It's the ultimate freedom, right? So if you had a superpower, would you want to be Superman? No, I don't, I don't need to, to have the power to kick you know, everyone's ass. You know what I would like? To be unseen, undetected, so no one could regulate my life by me. To me, the element of freedom is... The most important, this is what I came into this role to be. See, once anyone contemplates that for a little bit, you know, you don't have to spend your entire life contemplating that. It should be relatively easy if you're not lost in conditioning. For anyone that's interested in whatever it is that we're talking about, it should be fairly easy to find out and realize what it is that they want. Most of all in life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. So bringing this to an end because we've run way over as always. We have. And please, uh, for anyone that hasn't been following us on uh, Facebook, Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast, 
It's a group. And also your mind is trying to kill you, our page, our Facebook page. And you can find us on the on the uh, Instagrams as well. Come to us, ask us questions. Let us know if we suck or not. It's important. We seek feedback because that's how we learn. That's how we progress. And having said that, until next week, my brother. Let's be careful out there. Please, don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.